welcome to I Assure You We're Podcasting, the show on Talk Film Society, where we take a look at all of the movies by Kevin Smith. I'm Mike, and today I am joined by Lee of the A24 Project to discuss Kevin Smith's A24 movie, Tusk. How's it going, Lee? Yeah, really good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to talking about this one. I've it certainly left an impression since the first time I've watched it and, and reviewed it and keen to kind of reflect a bit on it today. So, yeah, looking forward to this. So, you know, I mean, the reason why I asked you to do this is because you host the A24 podcast. So what 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 is it exactly that you guys do over there? Yeah, so this, like, Tusk is one of their earliest ones, so we're kind of, I think we're closing in on, like, about 150 episodes, and Tusk was, like, our seventh episode, so about four years ago, we kind of started to notice the trend of, like, oh, these A24 films are quite good, we should do, like, a top five of their filmography, and then decided, actually, that's a bit too easy, why don't we just, like, go through their filmography, there's so many films that we've never heard of and never watched, Tusk was obviously one of them. So we go through their filmography and along the way kind of interview people kind of that have been involved in, in the film. So we've had like people like David Lowry, Robert Eggers, uh, Koganda, um, but then equally people that might have just had like small minor roles um, in front of the camera as well to kind of hear their story. So kind of doing a bit of a, an oral history, I guess, on them as well. That's, that's pretty cool. You know, I mean... I think it was when you guys started doing the podcast that I first realized that A24, in a lot of ways, is like what Miramax was in the 90s, yeah. you know? I mean, I, I would have friends who would say, like, oh, well, I'm going to watch every Miramax movie. I'm really into Miramax movies. And I always thought that that was kind of a weird thing because it's like you're into a studio, you know? Like, <laughs> does anyone say, like, I'm going to watch all the Paramount movies, you know? <laughs> But, you know, it it really did sort of become like the face of indie film back in the 90s. And A24 has really become like the face of indie film in the 20s, you know, or the teens or whatever. It's it's strange how how uh, that that happens. It doesn't happen too often. But, you know, in, you know, in this sort of like, I don't know retrospect where it's like I grew up with movies like the stuff that Kevin Smith was doing and the stuff that Tarantino was doing and everything and that indie wave of the 90s which you know I was like really into back when I was in high school you know I think like well what would that have been like if I was in high school today what are the movies that I'd be watching and it probably is a lot of stuff that A24 is putting out right now you know? Yeah, definitely. And and things like, I suppose, A24 and, and that kind of early beginnings, they were just strictly that distribution company. I mean, they still do a significant amount of that, but something like Tusk, I think it was just, you know, appearing at a few American film festivals, gets picked up for distribution by them, you know, kind of following that very much that Miramax kind of model, just sort of getting out there, maybe a bit of viral marketing behind it, and then sort of getting a bit of a, a return on their, their investment. So yeah, I can definitely sort of see a definitely a strong connection between sort of Tusk and probably that kind of Miramax era of, of Kevin Smith as well. And, and because of that, it's interesting that, that Kevin Smith would have made a movie, you know, I mean, having made all those movies for Miramax back in the day, it's like, okay, when he is making a movie in 20, uh, what is this one? 16? I, I can't even keep track. 17, I think it was uh, released in, was it? 
I think I think it was 2016. Um, 2014, actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay, oh gosh. Yeah. yeah that makes holders. sense. Yeah. 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 A24, I suppose, has just celebrated its a, a decade. So yeah, this was definitely part of that really early wave. So yeah, 2014. Okay. Yeah, I was getting confused with yoga hosers. That was 2016. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of makes sense that 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 would happen, even if even if at the time. I mean, like. It's not like it's something like you're saying. Since it was early days, I, I didn't note it, and and I think just because of their names, because they both have A's in them, I would always get A twenty four and Annapurna confused with each other. But uh, yeah, um, now A twenty four has definitely become its its own thing, selling merchandise and all the rest of it. You know, I mean that's it's it's pretty interesting. So. Yeah, and it's interesting kind of to think about like in the past few years, like you're talking about like Annapurna. I mean, Annapurna, similar time scale, like kind of came along, like A24 was sort of like just picking up these random indie movies or sort of, you know, getting a trailer behind a Spring Breakers and getting out there. Whereas like Annapurna felt like it was the big new thing with like Paul Thomas Anderson, you want to make a movie? Here's all the money to go make the masters, do whatever you want. And obviously that kind of model just sort of brought around like that huge financial issues for it. And then you sort of have neon come along, they get parasite. And then it sort of seems to sort of then kind of fall apart a bit the past few years where it seems to be there now up for sale as well. So it feels like a 24 is the kind of the last one standing and, even I remember it sort of neon a few months ago, a few years ago, we're like, oh, we would never get into the selling the merchandise stuff. And then they seem to kind of creep in towards that. And I saw like Criterion are now doing, you can either buy your A24 or Criterion like towel to take to the beach. It's just, it's bizarre times. Even in the Miramax era, I remember they always used to have some of odd little kind of press tie-ins. They would send it to people. I could never picture sitting by the beach with a Miramax towel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Although it would kind of work with their logo, you know, it's got that yeah, elongated thing, you know. But the A twenty four, you know, aspect ratio towel is uh, is pretty pretty great. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so before we get into Tusk itself, uh, we we know your relationship with A twenty four. What's your relationship with Kevin Smith on on the whole? It's it's pretty kind of thin um, in terms of really meaningfully watching his films. I think there's maybe only like a handful that I've done. I've seen the Clerks movies, uh, Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back, Zack and Mary Make a Porno. I think sort of like Dogma, Chasing Amy, kind of Mallrats was sort of an era where I was just that little bit too young. It they weren't sort of big video releases perhaps here in in the uk so and you know you never really see them on kind of streaming services so there's a lot of kevin smith films that i've not seen yoga hosers is an interesting one because it was the it was the first year i was maybe hoping to do sort of the edinburgh film festival as like media accreditation but i never got around to it and i always remembered sort of like kevin smith made this big impression on everyone that went to that year's Edinburgh Film Festival so he I had a bunch of friends that like got to do like a roundtable interview with him that was meant to be like 15-20 minutes it lasted an hour <laughs> uh, I remembered sort of he was doing like a sort of screen talk just talking about his career basically he there was he just freestyled it for a couple of hours and I remembered I had a ticket to see the I think it was like the British premiere of Hunt for the Wilder People. I remember just sit, and it was going to be going into that screen. 
And Kevin Smith was continuing to go on and on and on, well past when this film should have finished. And just, I remember being in this queue of irate people that at one point were just suggesting to these poor volunteer ushers, just like, get him out of the screen right now. We were meant to have seen this film 40 minutes ago. So, you know, if you are a Kevin Smith fan, it was an incredibly popular festival to, to be around him at. But uh, unfortunately, I, I never got to see Yoga Hosers, but I'm aware of sort of the crossover between that and that and Tusk. So it's it's an interesting one in, in that respect. But yeah, just I'm not the biggest Kevin Smith fan, not through any fault of his own. I used to listen to some of his podcasts, but sort of fell by the wayside on, on that. But, you know, he's someone that's living the dream. He's, he's an incredible kind of individual and yeah his filmography is, in, is very diverse and he kind of does represent the best of that sort of independent spirit doesn't he yeah no i i think he does um and it, it was interesting i remember at one point when they announced like souvenir 2 i think yeah and you were like this is the first a24 sequel and it's <laughs> like that is true but it's the second a24 movie to have a sequel correct yeah um yoga hosers is uh not not very good but it's okay we, we we will talk about that next time and we'll talk about how it ties into to this one too because uh you know it it really is kind of another um i don't know era in in kevin smith's career so um in regards to tusk a little bit of backstory here. He had made Red State, and that was his first kind of like foray into the world of horror and everything. And and he had a few things which he was trying to get off the ground. You know, Clerks Three for one. Um, the other one being uh, Hit Somebody, which was his hockey movie, which he had been trying for years and years and years to get made. He considers it to be the best thing he's ever written uh people who have read it consider it to be the best thing he's ever written they say that like you know this is his driving miss daisy and in, in uh you know get shorty uh, terminology it, it's the thing that he really 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 wanted to do and just could never get the money to do and i think you know just like many many filmmakers he had a lot of things going all at once and trying to see what would stick and what wouldn't and while he was doing a podcast with his uh, former producer scott Mosier, they read a um i guess a a a real estate not i wouldn't be like a real estate list i think it's called like gumtree in the uk it's probably it's like our version of like craigslist like gumtree if you want to sell a couch if you're looking to you know do something you know get a, a service you would go through gumtree yes and and someone was was renting a room in their house uh for free uh the catch being that uh, for like an hour or two hours a day, something like that, you needed to dress up as a walrus and pretend to be a walrus because this guy used to live alone on an island and his best friend ever was a walrus. So they kind of took that idea and thought, like, this is the start of a Hammer horror movie, you know? And right there on the podcast in the room, they basically lay out the plot of what would become Tusk. And, you know, they kind of say like, oh, we should write this, this, you know, and it's one of those things that everybody says on every podcast and never, ever happens. 
But like, I don't know, a week later or something like that, all of a sudden, you know, Kevin Smith on Twitter posts a picture of a um, script with the title Tusk and is basically saying, like, should I make this movie? Do you dare me to make this movie? And he had a whole hashtag campaign, which I think is, you know, kind of like it's like an internal thing, like, should I or shouldn't I? Walrus, yes, or walrus, no. And it's like, okay, at that point, you're committed, right? And he took it around, got the money, and all of a sudden this became his next movie, Tusk, which... Well, we'll get into this in a second, I guess. So, so w- Michael Parks came back to to do this one after having done uh, Red State. Uh, he got um, uh, uh, what? Oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. The 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 Mac guy. Uh, uh, who's, who's who's the lead? Who's, who's the dude's name? Uh, Justin Long. Thank you, Justin Long, <laughs> to come in along with some other people like Haley Joel Osment and stuff like that to make That's this uh, to make this crazy walrus movie walrus horror movie um so what are your thoughts on tusk i guess where did you first see it and and what were your thoughts at that point yeah it's one of those ones like i I was aware that this was like i kind of tried to keep myself for this was like an na24 film that i had kind of never seen before so with with those kind of films my ambition to go into them was as like as blind as possible the only things i i knew going into this film was like the poster with like i think it's justin long's face and these like huge sort of tusks sticking out uh to my ignorant view i kind of just looked at them and thought oh i think it's like a, a vampire you know image or something like that i didn't think much beyond that i knew michael parks was was going to be involved i thought he was excellent in, in red state didn't really know anything beyond that i expected it to and there's i think there's a movie poster as well where it's like a moon and sort of what looks like teeth is as well in front of it so my assumption originally going in when i watched this for the first time and according to my letterbox it was like january 2019 was i was gonna be watching a movie about a vampire so I was kind of watching the the film and for a long time I was like, oh, this is clearly indicating that it's going to be a vampire movie. This kind of character played by Michael Parks seems to have lived a, a long life, really interesting, you know, living in this creepy mansion that's, you know, always shrouded in darkness. I d- didn't anticipate that it was going to be about this like human walrus individual and I remember just sort of sitting there and just constantly just trying to think, right, oh, is this kind of going, is this about transforming into into a walrus? And I was always just sort of one step behind. So, yeah, it was not the vampire movie that I expected it to, to be, but that is by no means uh, a bad thing. <laughs> that is funny, especially since, like, you know, I, I mean, I he, he was so... I guess open at the time as to like what the movie was about, like literally <laughs> like posting a podcast where he breaks the story essentially. And so to go into it completely blind is probably a, a rather unique experience for, for the viewer. Um, certainly the opposite of, of my experience. You know, I, uh, I, I had been listening to most of Kevin Smith's podcasts at that time. Like my listenership had sort of fallen off. I wasn't, you know, doing every single one anymore just because there were so many. Um, and I hadn't quite gotten around to listening to this one before he posted the picture online. 
and it, of the script. And it, it was like this instantaneous thing where it's like, okay, I got to listen, you know, right now and, and, and see what the new Kevin Smith movie is going to be. Right. And as they're going through it, like, they go through all the beats and everything like that. And it's one of those things where, I mean, for one thing, it was very funny, very interesting. But also you can say like, okay, well, they're taking the kernel of this idea and he's going to expand it into, you know, something larger and, and, and you know, something that more closely resembles a movie, like an actual movie, you know? And uh, I, I guess I... I still wasn't quite expecting it to be what it was, which was a very close adaptation of that podcast. And, you know, when, when I first saw it, I I was, you know, just like every Kevin Smith movie, I'm like, I gotta be there opening night. I gotta be there for the first show. And, um, this was, I mean, red state hadn't, had a traditional release so this was the first you know sort of like theatrical kevin smith movie since um uh cop out and it was one where you know i i didn't really anticipate there being like a huge turnout of like kevin smith's legion but i was expecting something you know and you know they did like their thursday night previews you know like seven o'clock shows at all the theaters that were opening it and there's a theater which is fairly close by uh, called Yorktown, which was playing it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to be there, you know. So I go there and I, I go up to the to the box office to buy my ticket. And they were in the process of remodeling. And they were like, oh, this, that show's canceled because we're, you know, doing something in that auditorium. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, you're canceling, like, literally the first show of the brand new Kevin Smith movie? Like, how how can that be, you know? And they're like, yeah, sorry. And I'm like, shit, shit, you know? So I'm, like, looking on my phone trying to find, like, another theater nearby because now we're getting close to showtime. And I just got back in my car and, like, bolted to, like, the next closest theater, which was actually probably, like, you know... 10 miles away and you know they were showing it and i you know like ran into the theater i'm like one for tusk and they're like okay and you know i'm like i'm not gonna get a seat you know it's gonna be terrible and i walk in and there's like three other people in the theater and i'm like oh okay well um i guess that's how it is these days you know i mean people don't really care that much about human walrus movies (laughs) so yeah so so i watched it and um I mean, we can get into to that, but my my initial reaction, I think, was this is great. I love the fact that Kevin Smith is doing like horror now, mm. but it is very different horror from Red State. You know, like Red State is very sincere and you know lacks humor and everything. And this, I felt, was like a a comedic horror movie in a lot of ways. Not that there aren't moments which are truly terrifying and, and, and dramatic, but it it is much more of a comedy. And I'm wondering if that's how people in general viewed it. I mean, did you see it as a comedy? It's a horror film with odd comedic moments in it, I guess. Um, You know, I, I feel that the film is 
far too long you know it's one of those things but the parts that i would cut out would probably be the comedy i think for me i'm really into horror movies you know there's friday the 13th halloween's couldn't really care about them like i don't find them particularly scary or leaving strong impressions and you know obviously it's been you know over three years since i i saw this film for for the first time and like that first scene where he has like been transformed into the walrus and you know it's just like the slow shots of seeing this suit and then it just sort of like zooms in on his like face and that has stuck with me for for those three years i'd love to have watched it in the cinema as blind as i had been i remember just being like aghast and shocked like that's the type of horror that leaves a strong impression in my head like it's up there and i mean this in the best possible sense to both films of the fly 2 where that ending for the fly 2 every so often just sticks into my head of like oh that poor human dog person like that's just sitting in that little pen what a horrible life that person must have i just i find it such a a film that evokes like a lot of sadness in me about this kind of character and what he's been transformed and turned into and just what a horrible situation it just it makes my skin crawl in in every respect and that's something that's really hard to do i just it's that's one of the most it's easy to make me cry in the cinema i can laugh in the cinema but to be repulsed and disgusted and to be horrified rare to do and and kevin smith has achieved that which i would never have expected going into this film (laughs) Uh, that that is interesting you know like i was talking to my to my boss about it because he you know he sees like everything and he had not seen tusk or red state and i'm like you gotta see these movies you know come on and he's like oh tusk i just can't you know it's just the idea behind it i just can't watch it and i'm like look it's it's done for comedic effect like listen to the podcast and then watch it and you know and he did and he you know he's like yeah red state was fine or whatever but tusk oh man that really creeped me out and i'm like that's so weird because i had certainly the opposite reaction you know red state i'm just like oh my god this is like something that could happen you know and and with tusk i think maybe because the first time that i i heard about the concept it was literally from like this guy who's like completely stoned doing a podcast with his friend where they're like, they like cannot hold it together. They're both like laughing their asses off because of this like crazy shit that they just came up with. Like when I saw it, I'm just like, Oh my God, he did it. Like this is in a movie on a, Mm. on a screen, you know, but at no point was I like, Oh my God. I mean, I guess you look at it and you're like, that's, that's gross. It's gross looking, you know? And the idea behind it is, is, you know, disturbing, but at the same time, it feels so far removed from reality that I can't really be creeped out by it. You know, I don't know it. Part of me feels like it, could be kind of real like when i think of like horror movies i feel like they're so far removed from from reality like i just mentally you know they're they're enjoyable to watch but i i don't believe that they could be could be true but i i genuinely felt like watching this is like uh yeah you know just the idea i think it's the fact that it's done quite slowly you know it, it does drag a little bit in the the middle of the the film but like you know it's that slow drugging kind of like being kind of brought into to the story about him and this like walrus on a little island and then just sort of like 
he loses one leg and it's just like being mentally tortured as as well and it's just sort of keeping you in in that suspense so that you know it's not the fact that you would probably get it in a lot of films these days where they just couldn't restrain themselves they go from he gets drugged to then we sort of see like a little montage of like cutting and blood and screaming and then we kind of cut into this like um water pit that he we see the walrus in but like it's the fact that it steadily builds over time that it just makes it like feel believable like it it draws you into that world like the guy Lapointe but the the Johnny Depp character like that's totally unbelievable that is like tonally probably closer I imagine to the podcast than than this film but like that takes me out of it whereas I believe this transformation um, that Howard does to to Wallace and so on, and I I can believe it, and that's that's a hard thing to to achieve, and I would have bet against that before watching it. Yeah, no, I I, I can see that. I, I wonder what my reaction to it would have been if if I if I didn't know the backstory, you know, um, like like one of the things they talk about in the reveal, and everybody talks about, like, I mean, I've heard numerous people say like. Oh, that movie's good until you see the walrus, right? Mm-hmm. Then it falls apart. Then it just kind of goes off the deep end and becomes like something else, which is ridiculous. And I, I don't really agree with that. But one of the things which I I found interesting is, you know, everybody always talks about how like less is more in horror and everything. You know, the fact that Jaws worked is because you. you the shark did not work and they had to cut around it or whatever. And when it came time to shoot that scene with the walrus, you know, the, the cinematographer, you know, uh, James Laxton, probably the cinematographer of Moonlight, you know, he was like, hey, so I'm going to put this in a shadow and everything. You're just going to see glimpses, whatever. And Kevin Smith was like, no, no, you got to like light that you know high key and just show everything you know i want to see like every inch of that walrus suit and that i think was if if this had been like a normal movie i think that would have been a big mistake right because the more you look at that suit the less real it looks right but if you're looking at this as a comedy I think it makes sense because instead of like having it make your skin crawl or maybe while it's making your skin crawl, you're also just laughing like, I cannot believe that they're actually doing this. I cannot believe what I'm seeing on screen, you know? I think there is definitely something to be said about like making it darker and just sort of like teasing like what this outfit looks like but i think there's an element of it where again i'm almost on that the other side and i i'd love to be cynical about this this kind of movie but like it it just largely works i think that that kind of whole plot where like with it being so well lit i I found it this was only the second time i've ever watched and again i'm just saying there were like every little nook and cranny that they show of it. I'm just sort of looking at it, just sort of just trying to explore what this this looks like and, and so on. And I just find it interesting, even to the thing of like, right, how does the head all work in? And okay, like the hands must kind of work in there. And it's just like I'm trying to wrap my head around the logistics of how he's been stitched into to this costume. I mean there's obvious things about I mean, how does he poop? All these sorts of things that don't kinda kinda make sense. But you know, it I think it 
it i'm and i do like the choice that they made to kind of expose it because it's quite interesting to be perhaps on that sort of perverted level of wanting to see it and how it all kind of works but i do think you know when once he's in that kind of costume it does lose some momentum i mean you know justin long is essentially reduced to just sort of screaming and kind of crying Mm -hmm. you know michael parks is still good but then you've kind of got this mystery plot where kind of like you've got like Guy Laponte, the girlfriend, the podcast host, they're all trying to hunt him down in Canada and it's a bit more comedic and it's just what kind of felt very focused up until that point just splits into these two ones because I don't think the walrus plot is engaging enough at that point beyond sort of a bit perversion to kind of keep you gripped as, as an audience member for the last like 30, 40 minutes and just again that kind of comedic plot just kind of jars a bit so it just it does start to to drag a little bit by that point once they're in the in the suit it's less interesting yeah you know i kind of have um i don't know i guess like the opposite reaction in some ways because like you were saying before when they're doing this sort of like slow reveal of the walrus suit maybe it's because like i was just thinking like let's see the suit you know like like where is it come on let's see the suit but it seems like once he gets to the house, really, it just takes forever. Like there's this lull. Like I'm, I'm really kind of into it when you know they show him like podcasting and then going to Canada and everything. And it's like, you know, wow, this, you know, it, it's. I mean, it's it. That's a really interesting thing too. The idea that like the protagonist is completely unlikable, right? I mean, he's like mm-hmm. a total dick, and and you kind of like when he gets turned into the walrus, you're like, oh, well, that sucks for him. But at the same time, like, you know, he, he had it coming, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like that sort of thing. Um, and, and, and the, like all, all of that stuff I, I think works, but you know, when you get to the house, it does, it, it does drag a bit. It does, it is kind of slow and it feels sort of repetitive. Um, but like once he gets into the suit, then things kind of like change it becomes something new and like the the mystery plot you know where they're with you know Guy Lapointe or or, or whatever and, and all that stuff I I do enjoy that um maybe because it's like such a I don't know in some ways a breath of fresh air for the for the movie um you know kind of a change of pace and um I I do really like I, I think Haley Joel Osment and and Genesis Rodriguez are are very good, um, and and it, there is that kind of weird thing where like some of the stuff with them, you know, especially with like Rodriguez, it's so sincere and uh, you know really. I mean, in a lot of ways, that's like the stuff that I find to be like the most terrifying. The idea of like you know, um, this this person is gone and you have no, he's somewhere in Canada. You have no idea where he is or how to track him now, like any of that stuff. Um, but like intercut with this, like basically cartoon character of, of Guy Lapointe. Um, I don't know. There's something about that, which I, I, I like that, that sort of drastic tonal shift from scene to scene. I don't know. It, it definitely ha- yeah i think it they it's just not to my preference but i do think they need each other 
to kind of get through that last stretch of the the film because I just I don't think audience members even those probably three people in the crowd could kind of get through 40 minutes of just Justin Long just screaming with his little walrus face like I think that's a big ask for for any audience member even like the most committed Kevin Smith diehard you you probably need that slight tonal shift and like engaging kind of characters to to get through even michael parks would probably struggle to to carry those those scenes and i think there's only like three or four scenes probably you know towards in that last 40 minutes of those kind of characters and they are are they are relatively short you know there is that little bit of repetition again about sort of the the island and that they're going to have to have this like fight and duel and so on but yeah it, it definitely sort of it does feel like it's just kind of run out a little bit by then yeah, and and that that's one of the things that he did change from. I like the the show. The movie is very close to the to the plot that he comes up with in the podcast. But one of the things that he did change, you know, on the on the podcast, he's like, once you get to the to the house, like you don't leave. You just want you're you're locked inside with that those characters, and and you don't because I mean, who cares what's going on in the outside world? But I guess in actually crafting the movie he decided like yeah that maybe that doesn't sustain itself for you know an hour and a half or whatever it is and we do see what's going on in the outside and i think that that was the right choice to make um on the whole but yeah um so uh (laughs) what what did you think of of the performances you know like michael parks and justin long and, and that sort of thing I could watch Michael Parks like read the you know a uh, kind of uh, could like listen to like Michael Parks talk anything like he he elevates that script. I mean, I think it feels kind of obvious you know from what you've said and probably even the script itself of like this this is like definitely a first draft thing like it's one of those things it's first draft sent out there's probably only a little bit of refining it's it's definitely a week or two job on this, but like Michael Parks sells you on that relationship and like I think in the wrong hands it could be comedic in his hands whereas like it it has that kind of creepy element the suspense that I think Michael Parks is just so good at doing I mean I don't remember anything about Red State I saw it when it came out but I just remember being really impressed and gripped by his performance and it's the same again in, in this one so yeah I think he's he's really good I mean Justin Long, I, I think yeah. Again, he plays being a real dick incredibly well. So I give him that pass. And then I just even think from his perspective, like how difficult that must have been to sort of like be in this suit, be in these this prosthetics, essentially just be screaming, shouting. Yeah, like again, quite you know really interesting. I'd love to kind of hear from him about sort of making the the film. I mean, as you mentioned, like Gene. Uh, Genesis Rodriguez she's really interesting she has that kind of sincerity to it you know you can kind of get why she's staying with this guy and you know just that horror she sort of feels towards the the end and then that final scene is really good Hilly Joel Osment I think him and like uh, Justin Long kind of work together I could imagine watching a podcast of the the two of them together but again he doesn't have much to do sort of when they're not in those scenes and um, yeah Johnny Depp is basically doing his Mordecai impression I think in this film I mean it's it's fine and kind of amusing but it does it just I find it a bit jarring with the, the rest of the film it feels like I'm watching maybe like again I know that this is obviously part of like his little Canadian trilogy and so on it's like feels like going oh like I would have been I wouldn't have been surprised someone said oh there's a Guy Lepontier other film that Kevin Smith's done and it's this character drops in and out of them but obviously that's not the case it's kind of a, a one and done 
Well, he is in one more, but the, the, the I think the big one is is still missing, which is Moose Jaws. But we'll, we'll get yes. to that in a, in a in a in a minute. I mean, I, you know the 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 I guess the the thing with Justin Long and and Haley Joel Osment, you know, and them being podcasters, that that kind of I mean, like if you look at the the movie, there are um, like a lot of references to Kevin Smith's podcasts and stuff like that. Like he was trying to um, trying to embrace the fact that this came like the the origins of this movie you know that they came from a podcast and that that's sort of become his new career so there's you know like some of his podcast hosts you know show up uh like lots of like like theme songs from his podcasts are ringtones on phones and you know a lot of names and stuff like that are, are things which are are taken from his various shows and i mean i guess that's kind of all you know well and good but it sort of ties it together i think fairly well by making the character a podcaster you know and sort of doing that which i think this is the first movie ever maybe that 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 is about podcasters i'm not sure but it's also interesting that he made him like a a a kind of like a one of these like toxic podcasters you know that Mm -hmm. sort of like bases their entire career on like making fun of of other people and and you know and stuff like that so much so that like you know they're causing um people to you know uh basically be harassed online and, and everything and I, I i don't know it's it's a weird it's it's a weird choice but i think it's kind of an appropriate choice for like a horror movie in a lot of ways you know i couldn't help but notice like i remembered was it was it fat man on batman like a lot of the artwork that they seem to have in their little recording studio seemed to sort of lean into the batman iconography and i felt like it was like oh yeah like that's very on the nose but of course that makes sense mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I do like that. I, I do think that there's a lot of interesting sort of like commentary on there on the state of, you know, podcasting and, and what it is, you know, the, these kind of like, you know, almost like shock jock type of, you know, podcasters and stuff like that. And and how, you know, it's not that great, you know, but um, yeah. So in regards to the Johnny Depp character and everything, yeah, that is a, a character which was supposed to kind of go through what he calls his True North trilogy, which is uh, three Canadian horror movies. The The first being Tusk, the second being Yoga Hosers, which um, is kind of a horror movie, but not really, I guess. And the third being moose jaws which still hasn't been made and uh, in addition to all taking place in canada all three of these movies were based on ideas that he came up with on his podcast and uh all three of them would have johnny depp as this as this character and um here i think it's it's pretty straightforward it works on its own you know perfectly fine um yoga hosers being like a uh, a, a sort of taking the the characters of the two convenience store clerks who are played by his daughter Harley Quinn Smith and Johnny Depp's daughter Lily Rose Depp who are like best friends in real life and making sort of like a new weird younger uh 
sci-fi uh, elemental whatever version of Clerks, you know? I mean, it is like a weird alternate reality version of Clerks. Um, that, that's kind of interesting. The third one, Moose Jaws, is exactly what it sounds like. It was going to be Jaws, but with a moose. Um, and Guy Lapointe was going to be the uh, the the Quint character in that movie. I want to see that movie so so badly. Yeah. I mean, I don't particularly want to see Johnny Depp in that movie, but you no. know, you could put Mads Mikkelsen in there and it'd be fine. Um, but you know, I, I I don't know. It sounds so. I mean, I I say it sounds so good. I mean, I. I <laughs> There's going to be like three people at the cinema for that one as well. But I, w- I would make an effort to, to go see that one. I think it's just, it's probably similar to those that heard about like uh, Tusk beforehand. It's like, oh, that premise is interesting enough to get me there. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to see how they managed to do that with like, uh, you know, a moose and so on. Yeah, I'll give the, I'll, I'll give you my Friday night to, to prove that. And with that one, like, you know, you listen to the podcast and, and basically it was, it was based on like a, a story, in a, like a news story, something that actually happened where like a woman was... <laughs> so, okay, a, a woman's... She got... Her, her car was hit by a moose and she ended up in the hospital and her sister was rushing to the hospital to visit her and hit the same moose and ended up in the hospital too and it's like what is this moose like hunting every member in this this person's family or like what's going on you know um jaws moose like the revenge isn't it (laughs) yeah it really is more like jaws the revenge than (laughs) than the original jaws but that's okay it still uh it still works i mean i don't know that sounds great to me and he was going to tie in like jay and silent bob like apparently they were going to be in it and they were going to like they were essentially going to be uh What's her name? Chrissy, the, the from the in the first scene in the movie, they were going to get eaten by the, by the moose and everything, and uh, yeah, that, that's how Jay and Silent Bob are going to end. But um, I kind of feel like it'll never happen, which is unfortunate. It is kind of weird that they would choose to do yoga hosers and not like they could get the money to do yoga hosers and not moose jaws. But what what do I know? Um, but yeah, it, it it is kind of cool that he's starting up a new trilogy with this one a weird horror trilogy and he's doing these like weird horror movies you know um but going back to the podcast just one last time you know like the ending of this movie (laughs) where michael parks puts on his walrus suit and the two of them fight First off, it doesn't make a lot of sense, right? I mean, yeah. like, like, why would he do this? I mean, I kind of see the motivation, like, I killed this walrus and I feel bad f- about that, so now I'm going to give him a fighting chance, but I'm probably going to kill him again. That It's weird, right? And I think the fact that he's got, like, and it's like, tusks are like it's like so very sharp i mean there's so much exposed elements of like him standing up it feels like you know just one little shot you know as we say gets him in the foot and then once they're down it's it's easy it just felt like it's like yeah that doesn't seem like the fairest fight and so on it's like yeah it was and even then there's it feels like because if i remember he's got like michael parks's character's got like some 
tusk style things on and he's able to sort of like grapple onto his back a little bit more so i don't know how like hollow the suit is that he's like piercing through but actually can't get to him it, it, like the logistics of it really fall apart in, in that moment with the suit and you know the the fighting technique i guess like do you do you find that part to be at all terrifying or at that point are you just like it's a little bit silly isn't okay. it it's it's just kind of like it's not terrifying it's just oh that this is a bit mad and this feels like in a in a good way like this feels like the natural place this should go just like two men scrapping away in walrus costumes and I'm like i can buy into that like i don't feel terrified i don't feel disgusted i'm like yeah yeah that you sh- that's what you have to to do and that makes sense to me that that is how it goes it just doesn't kind of work as a, a kind of device i guess it's it doesn't make sense yeah, like, uh, you know, for me, you know, having listened to the podcast, when they get to that point, he's like, and then, you know, it's basically like the end of Iron Man, where he puts on his walrus suit, and then they got to fight each other in their walrus suits, you know? And, I, I you know, I was at that point in particular, I was kind of like sick of marvel doing like the same thing in every single movie where it's like the big villain like gets whatever power or whatever that the the hero has and then the two of them fight with like on you know equal ground or whatever so the idea that you know he he brought that up for for this movie i thought was hilarious but at the same time that was one of those things in the podcast where you're like okay now he's just being silly and you know doing this you know and 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 everything and you know i mean like it at that point he also says i think maybe one of the funniest things he's ever said where it's like you know at that point you know the character needs to go full walrus and he's like no i am the walrus cuckoo <laughs> and it's like you know it's just it's so completely out there that you think that when he says like okay i'm making this into a horror movie there's going to be elements which he's going to scale back just because it was funny when he was stoned doesn't really work as a horror movie but then yeah. i'm sitting there watching that and michael parks puts on his walrus suit and i'm just like holy shit like he's really doing it he is he is doing the podcast he's doing that thing that he said when he was just sitting around shooting the shit with his friend like two years ago or whatever and i just thought that was the most amazing thing ever do you know what i'm reminded of and i'm sure you'll appreciate it this like remember in that like deep space nine the what we left behind documentary they have the whole, they have the whole season eight writer's room and like they're like one day we we filmed the whole thing we are going to put it up online somewhere we're going to like make it available because it could be really fascinating for like future tv writers or film writers to watch how a writer's room works and so on like because this is such a unique idea here's a whole day of people having dr pepper spitballing ideas how does it all kind of work it sounds like in reality we've already had this featured on on the podcast they just need to put up the youtube version put it into like los angeles film school like juilliard whatever and go here's how a writer's room works and it's just like two guys stone talking about the walrus movie and then going they did it you know you can't deny this was their writer's room in the podcast studio yeah no that's true that's true (laughs) yeah um yeah and they do they do play a little clip from the from the end of the the podcast like during the credits you know as the credits roll just to kind of give you an idea of where it came from which is which is interesting but listening to the full thing it's it's kind of eye-opening especially after seeing the movie you're just like wow i yeah they really 
came up with all of this stuff right there in the room. Like even the the song at the end, you know, where he's like, it's yeah. got to end <laughs> with some sort of like heartwarming thing, you know, while he's like sitting in his little, you know, walrus enclave or whatever. I mean, it's hilarious, you know. I, I don't know. And, and maybe that's the reason why I think of this in more comedic terms than horror terms it's because they were just trying to make each other laugh when they came up with the idea to begin with you know if it's any consolation there's one bit of evidence that i can provide that this film had the opposite effect where i think it was like a few months after i'd seen this film maybe i think you know what it might have been a a, a couple days after me and uh, my co-host recorded our review of this podcast uh, review of this movie where uh uh, I was sleeping in bed with my partner at the time and I have a habit of sleep talking sometimes and in the morning she went to me she was like do you know what you said to me when you were sleeping last night I was like haven't a clue she was like you were shouting get away from me you walrus <laughs> and it was that moment of like oh sweet Jesus I was like right I can explain <laughs> it's not that you've got a mustache or like long front teeth it's actually I re- reviewed this film the other day about this man that was like altered into a walrus I can prove it like <laughs> if you can find it on Spotify it's Apple Podcasts iTunes wh- wherever you get it I was like I swear like that is why in my head I am telling like saying to you get away from me you walrus it's not a reflection of you <laughs> no 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 I-, I never anticipated that film would get me in trouble or inflict onto my dream somehow that uh, yeah that was definitely a, a very awkward conversation the next morning oh boy let's see it sticks with you so there you go yeah um all right well uh, any any final thoughts on on tusk i'm very curious to see this moose movie now so like let's let's kind of hopefully this is the start of a, a renaissance for the uh, the canadian trilogy yeah, I, I would love to see it too. I mean, there's a lot of Kevin Smith projects which have fall, fallen by the wayside, mm-hmm. you know, like the Mallrats TV show and Hit Somebody and everything. But Moose Jaws is pretty high up there on the list of things that I want to see. Yeah, I think it would be pretty great. And last yesterday I just watched Jaws, you know, and I'm like, the whole time I was thinking like, how would <laughs> this work at, with a moose, you know? Yeah. But I think it could be great. Yeah. All right, so... uh I guess it would be actually a couple years after this movie came out and right before, you know, Yoga Hosers, uh, Kevin Smith did a sequence for an, uh, a horror anthology movie called Holidays, where uh, each segment was based on a different holiday, you know, from a different director and everything. And Kevin Smith did the Halloween episode, uh, which... Um, I guess in terms of like the plot, it's basically about like this guy who runs like a, a webcam, you know, service thing who recruits these unsuspecting women to come to his house in LA and then exploits them. And the three women who he has at his house decide to turn the tables. And well, I guess we won't. Well, well I mean, I guess, uh, I don't know. I guess we can ruin it. It, 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 They they torture him and kill him. So so there you go. So so, uh, I don't know. He was really like leaning into the horror stuff at this point in time. Um, But we watched it. So what what do you what did you think about the holidays? 
Uh, so I haven't got the full content. I, I got the uh, memo from you yesterday. Like we're going to watch this little Halloween <laughs> clip. So I've, I've last night I went to see. Uh, I prioritized going to see the Wrath of Khan director's cut 4K in in cinemas instead. So I'm doing, I'm doing you know, that today, I, I feel so. like I'm. I feel like I made the the right call there. So um, I I rented it um, this morning and I watched that segment. And you know, to make sure I get my one pound fifty return on that movie, I will <laughs> I watch from the start. But I, I managed to find a little Halloween scene, and yeah, I was surprised it only lasted like a, a couple of minutes. And yeah, I can sort of see the parallels between sort of that and Tusk of like someone that's like you know very much online kind of culture and sort of how that kind of can go all terribly terribly wrong. Um, it was pretty horrific to to watch and so on just like it's again one of those ones you're sort of watching it going at very twisted mind sort of like pitching this idea where you know hopefully it's not too big a spoiler for this five minute segment where it's just like so then we take the guy and then we like put a dildo up his ass but then we then stitch the asshole together then the dildo is actually connected to a car battery that can be turned up and then that's not all we're gonna make him cut off his penis and make a vagina and you're just sitting there like going right right and like with it because it's such a simple plot i'm like i can see the thought process of how he's gone through that of like elevate 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 and like it's halloween and the tenuous like concept of like there's these three women and they're like you know what three women that used to live together used to be called a covenant and like i thought all right they're now maybe going to twist it that they are real witches or something it's just like no they're they're just you know getting their revenge in the most physically horrific way possible it, it was quite graphic violent you know, I didn't really get the point of it. You know, it just felt like, oh, that's a thing. But admittedly, I don't have the context in compared to, to some of the other ones. So I did catch the last, like, 10 seconds. I think it was of, like, Father's Day before, which felt a little bit more kind of somber and a bit touching. And then it goes into this where it's like, make sure that you hollow out your dick and so on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, pretty, pretty horrific. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I did watch the entire thing when it came out. Um, I, I only rewatched his segment uh, this time around. But it, I, I, I remember thinking on the whole, it's it's worth a watch. You know, the segments vary in quality by, you know, huge degrees, right? Some of them are, are pretty decent and others are pretty bad, you know. And I would say that this was one of the better ones but at the same time um yeah it, it i guess there's only so much that you can do in like seven minutes or whatever and and he is trying to to do horror right but um and and he succeeds in that like i like i do find it to be very disturbing but there isn't really much that he has to say here aside from you know something which is i think pretty obvious which is like you know exploiting people for personal profit is uh, not a good thing to do and uh hey isn't it you know cathartic to see them turn the tables and kill this guy and it's like yeah that's cathartic you know i i, I like that but at the same time you're just like uh, you know and, and and i guess he was trying to be like as shocking as humanly possible right yeah but um it, it it was shocking like i find it to be more, and it was a lot of blood so they, they yeah. weren't wrong there no no that's but but it is like uh, i i would say more i don't know like skin crawling to me mm. than than tusk is i think but I, I don't know um i it's it's fine you know i 
I'd recommend checking it out. It's an interesting little uh, curiosity, I guess. Yeah, I thought it was so odd. It was for, for as short it, as short as it was that it wasn't up on on YouTube. So I was kind of curious about yeah. this like cultural imprint of this this film. I'd, I'd personally never heard of. Yeah, I think that it, it was very very small. I, you know, it was one of those things which I don't think got any sort of theatrical release. I remember it being just sort of like a a weird thing where they're like, oh yeah. There's this movie called Holidays, and one of the segments was directed by Kevin Smith. It's on iTunes now. And, you know, because of that, I was like, oh, I need to see this. But it is so strange, especially for Kevin Smith, where all he does is talk about what he's doing. I mean, to to the point where it's like, you know, I mean, most people, they'll keep things very close to the to the vest until they get a little bit closer, you know, in terms of like getting money or whatever. But like he just always talks about everything that he might possibly do and to not hear about it at all until it drops is interesting, you know, Hmm. but I I don't know. I I haven't really heard anyone talk about it, you know, before or, or since. And it's just one of those weird anomalies in his career. So, and and it came right before Yoga Hosers, which is what we'll be talking about next time. Uh, but Lee, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Lee Hutchison underscore, or you can find me obviously doing the, the A24 project. We've had loads of interviews with people, but never had anyone from Tusk. So I need to maybe find some random person that was in that. Maybe I need to find like the young Michael Parks actor. That's going to be my my mission. Now, so people listening to this, that's what I'm off to go do next. So this guy created a script. I'm going to go drop into the DMs of some actor that was in a random <laughs> movie. So that's my my plan sounds like a good plan i'll definitely listen yeah and and you know i mean yeah i mean you've got some some big name people on there and everything and and you you've you know had some breaking news on your show and everything like that i mean it's 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 a big deal and i feel like there's a a good crossover with the uh talk film society audience so if you're a fan of a24 movies definitely check out the a24 project yeah. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K, and you can also find me on my website, FilmDamagePod.com, doing a show called Film Damage, where we talk about uh, Star Trek, time travel, and film projection. Uh, so thank you very much for, for joining me. I really appreciate it. Uh, and we will be back next time to take a look at the second movie in the Kevin Smith True North trilogy, Yoga Hosers. But until then... If you plan to podcast, let us know.